Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to the In Between Whistles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is another Between the Whistles podcast. Now, we are talking the Lions in this episode. Why do we keep talking the Lions? Because you gotta talk the Lions. Because everyone is crazy about football. Did you see the did you see the TV ratings? Well, I, I was busy watching the game, so I mean I was watching it, but uh I don't know what the Lions have to do with uh, the Super Bowl because they're about as far removed from the Super Bowl as, you know, Michigan is from an 80-degree day right now. <laughs> That's not nice, Cindy. That's not <laughs> nice. But the, the, the city of Detroit ranks second in the entire country in watching the Super Bowl. Right, because they wanted to watch a winner, and they saw their former, what I would call, native son or adopted native son Finally getting a shot that's the closest the Lions are ever going to get to a Super Bowl is a former QB being in the Super Bowl. That's it. That's why we were watching it, Joe. We don't, you know. No, I I think this is a football state. Oh, we're a football town. I'm not saying that we're not. I'm just saying, why do we have to talk about the Lions? I don't think this is the only time that they'll be close to the Super Bowl. I mean, let's be honest. They're on the right track to be successful. You've had this same idea for a while now, and I gotta tell you, I bought into it. At first, you know, at the beginning of last season, I bought into it. I thought you were right. So you, you had you, me sold. You bought, you bought into it too early because here's the reality of the situation. Remember last year, I was telling you to cool your jets about uh, the, them being a potential potential playoff team. Remember, I told you. I don't recall that. Yeah, I told you to chill your role because they were not going to be a playoff team because. They're rebuilding. They are not even close to the talent level of the Rams, Bengals, the Chiefs, Bills, Buccaneers. So what do they do to get that? Do you think they got to spend more money or what? I mean, Chris Spielman was quoted as saying, you know, when he looked at the linebackers, he said they were all awful. So, I mean, where do you start? Do you start with a linebacker? Do you start with a QB? What do you have to do? See, this this is what Detroit Lions fans, they don't really understand, is you basically ripped this down to the studs, right? And you are just rebuilding that house because you just destroyed it. Black mold everywhere. (laughs) Cat piss everywhere. (laughs) Dog feces everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's just, it's just just a pile of ruckus. It sounds like, it sounds like nowhere I want to be. I don't even want to be in that neighborhood on that street anywhere near a house that sounds like and looks that, like it's, that it's like that one that you like you see in the movies where the windows are shattered out it's like it's like leaning to one side i'd rather be in a neighborhood with dead people which by the way 
That happened that in my actually, old neighborhood. That, that actually did happen to you. I know. And it just like yesterday or right, whatever. Right down, the, was, right down the street from you. Isn't that something? Where I used to live. I, I think I think we moved out of the neighborhood just in time. Yeah, it's only a couple miles away from you. Well, you know, I, but the good news is that we've got some of the best law enforcement and detectives and officers anywhere. I'll put our guys up against anywhere, anyone in the state. And uh, they're, they're going to, they get this thing, you know, figured out. And um, Special so, shout out to Chesterfield Police Department. Chesterfield Police. They're some of the best. There's no doubt about it. And um, so they're, they're going to get this thing figured out and get it solved. But at least it's not the house of the lions that you've described. I mean, I'll take that over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you see, what people don't understand is, like, people blame the Fords, right? They blame the Fords because they either don't know how to run a team or they are don't care. I don't even think the don't care thing is because you wouldn't own a team if you didn't really care, you know? Even the even the owners that really don't care, one of them was in the Super Bowl this, this year, Sam Conkey. Yeah. I mean, that, okay. He is the owner of the Colorado Avalanche. He is the owner of the LA Rams. Mm-hmm. He's the owner of the Arsenal in the Premier League. And he's the owner of the Denver Nuggets. Now, usually you would know your star players, right? So when he was asked, who's your star, what do you think about your star center this year for the Colorado Avalanche? He replied, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> Matt Duchesne plays in Nashville. Right. <laughs> yeah. Matt Duchesne hasn't played with the, 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 the Colorado Avalanche in years. Maybe he misunderstood the question. He wasn't even close. <laughs> I'm trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, he, he probably wasn't even close. he owns all kind of stuff, and he was preoccupied with the Rams this year. Which, by the way, we're going to talk the Super Bowl too. But let's talk about the Lions and getting the Lions closer to the Super Bowl. We, you know, there's some elements that we think we've got in place. I, I agree with you on this. I think, I think the front office is uh, great. I think the, I, the coaching staff. I think Dan Campbell uh, has a, just a ton of heart. And you've got a guy who's committed. He's yeah. got buy-in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's so important. Um, you know, Brad Holmes. I mean, you've got those two guys that work so well together. I, I think that is a piece of the puzzle that they have. Yeah. Uh, now the rest is a shambles. I think the most underrated thing that they did, and I wrote about it on the Detroit Lions News, you know, which we're affiliated with, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, like, so I wrote a thing. It took me three weeks to gather all this information, and I put it down. So they hired Spielman because Sheila Fortham, she talked to the Illagers. She asked them, like, what's your method to be successful or whatever? And they told her, verbatim, you got to find people who know the game more than you because you don't know the game. You don't, You just don't. Yeah. You're an owner of a team, but you don't really know the way to win them. You know, sure. To create a successful team, you know, like they'll just like they they have the Red Wings. Okay, the Red Wings are always they're coming back to prominence really, really quickly because Stevie Y is a a mastermind. Yeah, he's the boss. But they but way back when when they were the Dead Wings, they hired Jim Delano, who knew what he was looking for. He was an accomplished guy, knew knew hockey more than anybody, and they hired him. Then they hired Kenny Howe. And they hired all these guys, and it just became a it came became a avalanche of success because they hired the right people, they put the right people in in charge. And a lot of people 
they look at Sheila beforehand like, okay, well, she doesn't really care, which is false, because she hired Chris Spielman because she was sick of not knowing what she doesn't know, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons they hired Brad Holmes and they hired Dan Campbell is because when I was talking to these guys, they were saying, you know, Dan, Dan Campbell was supposed to get the New Orleans job when Sean Payton retired, and he retired this year. Yeah. He was supposed to get that job. He was getting groomed by Sean Payton, who was one of the best NFL coaches in the NFL. And you got then you got Brad Holmes, who's coming over from the uh, LA Rams, which he picked half that team that was playing Sunday. So you look at that, and then you look at they hired a guy in John Dorsey who was, who was an accomplished general manager, their guy who was, you know, in the front office helping Brad Holmes. He's been there, done that. He's been a GM in Cleveland and Kansas City, which are two playoff teams, Jordan Year playoff teams. Yeah. They're just hiring the right people. So so how long is it going to take until they hire the right talent on the field? Is it a matter of just waiting for the right people to become available? Is it a matter of waiting until they have their opportunities in the draft? Is it waiting to, you know, do they need to put more money into it? You know, people for a long time criticized the Fords as being owners who didn't invest in their team. And I think that, I don't think Sheila Ford Hamp is closing the checkbook. So what, so they, what I, is it, I, Joe? I really, is it one of those things? Is yeah, it all really, of those things? I really, what? I really don't think that they, they've always opened the checkbook, okay? But they've had general managers who would try to band-aid a bullet hole by just spending money. You can't do that. It's even... You know, I like what Stevie White does, right? We know we like what Stevie White does. We love Stevie White. He, he does. He gathers. He's a boss. He, don't he, he always likes this moniker of "I gather more picks, so I have more, you know, chances at the at, at the lottery," right? So, which he keeps getting screwed on, by the way. Well, he's he's nailed it because he's nailed the rest of the draft. So he, he all those picks that he accumulated by trades by all that, he's getting them in PMs. And Brent Holmes is the same way. He's collected all these draft picks for the next two years, and they got 12 picks this year, 11 or 12 picks this year. And that's where you can draft all your players. That's where you can get better quickly. You're going to get better quickly by drafting your talent. Not signing your talent, drafting your talent. And then when you're good enough, then you can go open a checkbook and sign like a guy like, I think they're going to make some free agent you know, hauls this year. Because the NFL is easier to rebuild than the NHL or Major League Baseball or NBA. Yeah, and you've said that. And you've also said it can happen more quickly. So they've got all these picks. They're in year one. They were in year one last year. That was their first draft. Yeah. ESPN ranked them as the sixth best draft class last year. That's pretty damn good. They had some really good talent that came from the draft. And they got two studs in that draft. They got Amarai St. Brown and Penny Sewell. Yeah. And they got... Two players that could potentially be studs in Lee McNeil and Derek Barnes. So you look at that; they got a lot. They got a lot to work with within draft capital. They got a lot of salary cap, so they could go make some signings, free agent signings. And you're going to start to see them get better. I, I think next year you'll start to see them be way better than they were this year. So who do the Lions get rid of? Who's the dead weight? Who do they got to get rid of in order to open up some spots? Trey Flowers, the guy that was a holdover from Patricia and Quinn era. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good player, but he doesn't fit the system. He's rarely stays in the lineup because he's not healthy. And he's just not usable. And then another thing that's, that um, that Bob, I mean, that Brad Holmes is going to have a little bit of a decision to make is 
does he pay TJ Hawkinson north of $14 million a year like Mark Andrews got paid? And if you're Brad Holmes, it's a tough situation to be in because you don't want to commit that money to a guy that you can get better value elsewhere, you know? Right. I think so, too. I, I think, and I like TJ. You know he's one of my favorites, yep. absolute favorites on this team. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be looking for that kind of money, but if he is, I think that for what the Lions need, they can't afford to put that number into that guy because I think it's too limited in what they're going to get. And I, I, I think it's like this. It's like, you know, one of the things that's, you know, we go back to Steve Y because he makes some great decisions. But, you know, since Steve Weisman, he made this, he made that the signing of a quick little cheap signing of Fabry. He re-signed Fabry to a contract. He re-signed Fabry to the contract and uh, he said, okay, but you're going to have to earn it. Basically, he said him before, you're going to have to earn this because I'm not going to just give you this money forefront, you know? A lot of GM, general managers in football, they either make the decision way too quickly and they they really just cost themselves in the end. So I really don't think Brad Holmes is going to do that. I think he's got a, he's got a plan where he's going to get tight ends in the draft and he's going to, he's going to replace TJ Hawkinson. That's what I think. Who do you think they're going to go after? What well, do you, or I'm, what do you think they're going to go after? If you can't tell me who exactly, what position do you think they're going to go after? And, and then I'm going to ask you how long you, I think you think it's going to take. Well, I think you're going to go in the draft. You're going to get an edge rusher. You're going to get a safety potentially if you don't get him a free agency. You're going to get a linebacker. You're going to get probably a tight end. You're probably going to get a. You're going to get definitely get a wide receiver because they need a lot of help at the wide receiver portion. Yeah. With Amarazi and Brown, and you're going to get a lot of help because this is a deep draft of wide receivers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers. It's really deep, so they can really make headway because those are their weakest positions in the team. You think Jared Goff is worth protecting? Yeah, he'll he'll be here next year for sure. I think that you got to see what you have. Like the the quarterbacks in this draft are not good. So it's like uh, it'd be a same old Lions mistake to go and draft a quarterback that isn't worth drafting. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff is probably better than ten out of ten of those guys. So you're gonna say build your defensive line instead. Build your defense. Build your offense. Get your talent to go. So then when you do, if you do keep Goff, he has a team that can be ready to win. Or when you get a rookie quarterback. You're bringing him into a situation where it's ready made to win. You know, one of the things that, about Joe Burrow is, you know, when he came in the, the Bengals, they were not a good team. They were really not a good team. And they, they showed it a little bit in the Super Bowl. He was getting his ass beat on, on the field, ten, like almost 10 sets, you know. That's the thing that you want. You don't, you don't want to have happen to your, your quarterback that's a young quarterback. They started, that's what happened to Stafford, and he never really recovered from that because the team – until he went to LA and won a Super Bowl, but go ahead. <laughs> well, he had, that, that was a ready-made team. He went into right. Stafford went into a team that Brent Holmes was a big part of getting. The house that Holmes built. He, Cooper right? Cup, Cooper Cup was his guy. Brent Holmes drafted was the key part of drafting Cooper Cup, who was a Super Bowl MVP and Stafford's main weapon. He was the person who drafted Aaron Donald, who was another person who could have won a Super Bowl MVP. Those are the guys that he's—he's—he he's, was the main portion of 
drafting. So let me ask you this, because I maintain that part of the magic of that Super Bowl was Matthew Stafford, and maybe we should wait for the Super Bowl segment to talk about this, but maybe a little, you know, a little precursor here. Yeah. Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, that chemistry, okay? Mm -hmm. Those two guys just have amazing chemistry together, and I think that's where the magic was. Do you think that L.A. anticipated that happening? Do you think they tested it, or do you think they just got lucky? No, I think they anticipated it because Cooper Cup was good before Stafford. I mean, he was pretty much a guy who was going to the Pro Bowl. But obviously didn't have the chemistry with Jared Goff. I mean, he had the chemistry with Jared Goff. They, he played very, very well. But Cooper Cup emerged as a wide receiver. You know, Robert Woods was out this year. He tore his ACL in camp. And so they really didn't have a secondary wide receiver until they signed OBJ. And that was it. I mean, they had Van Jefferson. But, you know, when you put Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and OBJ together, he doesn't even make the top two. Yeah. Think about Cooper Cup that's the most kind of – what you could look for with the Amorite St. Brown is you really can't teach smart people, you know? Like, you can't teach a smart player to be smart. If they're dumb, they're usually dumb. But it's the reality of the situation is like... <laughs> when you're stupid, you can't fix stupid. Right. Isn't that the, the, the age-old, you know, saying is you can't fix stupid? But the thing about it is if you look, if you if you read the tea leaves, like, the one of the things that Amorite and Cooper Cup have in common... Is they're both smart. They know both know where to go. They both know where to position themselves to get open. That's you really can't teach that. You know, that's someone that really is ahead of their their game because it's one thing to be athletic and make up for your mistakes when you're athletic. It's another thing to be really really smart with what you do. Like Cooper Cup is a very very smart route runner, and the way he he attacks and he knows what the defense is doing before they're doing it. I mean, that's things that. He knows where to go for it so that the quarterback can pass him the ball and know he's going to be there every single time. That's what you want in a wide receiver. And when you got a guy like that, like, you know, the Lions having the same Brown, that's pretty much a goal, man, because you know he's always going to be open. You think they're going to look in for – you think that the Lions are going to look for the same things in the draft? You think they're going to continue the same approach? You know, we talk about teams in Detroit – you know, being gritty and having a real uh, physical approach or a real aggressive approach. And I think we, you know, we mentioned on the show, too, that we saw the Lions seem to be heading in that direction with their draft picks this yeah. year. You know, they're tough guys, they're gritty, they're they're animals, you know, they're, they're rough and they're, they're... Do you think they're going to continue in that direction or do you think that they're going to change their approach? I think they're going to go with the same mindset. Because one of the things that you really love about players that play tough and they play gritty and they do all that is they're not afraid to mix it up. You know, they're not afraid to put their body in, in on the line. You know, they're there to prove a purpose. I mean, there's a lot of players in the NFL who um, they just don't have the same tenacity as they some others do. Like an Aaron Donald for the for uh, the Rams. He's just got a he's got a tenacity and a, he's got a build to him where he's always going to make a play even when he's not. And that's the grittiness that you're talking about. You know they started with the offensive line for um, last year when they got Penny Sewell. Yeah. They already had a good offensive line with Frank Ragnar who was a, who was a, 
he's a he's a gritty guy too. You got Taylor Decker, another gritty guy who likes to use his power. Jonah Jackson was in the Pro Bowl. Then you add a guy like Penai Sewell, and it could make all it makes all the difference to the offense. It basically solidifies the offense line. So what they're looking for in the draft, someone who does the same to the defensive line because you win in the trenches ultimately. Yeah. And yeah. you've seen that in the Super Bowl because the one team that protected their quarterback the most won, and the one who got after the passer the most won the game. Yeah, and when we talked about that. We we talked about the importance of the de- you know of the defense, and not only you know we saw that played out in the Super Bowl, but we even said the Lions need to build that way, and they're going to have to get you know some size up there on the defensive line, and um, some guys who are going to protect you know what we you know what their play is going to be so we talked about that and i think that if the lions continue to head in that direction they protect the play they get their defense in order um i think you may see even jared goff improve his game a little bit because you know he's knows he's got you know he's got a defensive line that's not going to make you know it's going to make sure that whatever strides they make they don't give it away yeah because i think one of the problems with the lions last year was um their defensive line didn't get after the pass there enough, especially right. when Aguaro went out yep. with the injury. They really struggled to get to the pass there. And I think when you're given a quarterback all that time, you, it could be me and you in the backfield throwing the ball. Right. So you can make passes because if you're not getting after the passer, you're not going to win many games. Yep. And I think you just hit on what I believe is going to be a key for the Lions next season and their um, – likelihood of success and that's going to be staying healthy all right and that's that's a big part but they're going to have to need that they're going to need their draft class to be really really good i think if they nail a draft i think you can see them being an eight seven one team anything better than this season and i'll take it joe it's trending up all the teams in detroit are trending up except maybe the pistons yeah yeah but next we will talk to rubbings who are definitely trending up they are really playing spit hockey. My boys are getting tough. We will talk about that in the next segment. Join us there. <laughs> 